Keep Charlie since 2009. They're down 14 governorships. They're down 54 seats in the House of Representatives, and they're down 900 seats. And why seats. is that? Obamacare. It is, really. I don't believe it's racism towards the president. I, I, I fault his foreign policy, the JVs, the red line, the leading from behind. But by and large, I think Obamacare's toll on the average American has been horrific. I know some people have been saved by it. I'm not indifferent to their real heartfelt stories that they weren't covered, and now they are. But $6,000 deductibles and a premium that in Phoenix, for example, went up 117%. Yeah, from region to region, it was very different. Yeah, it just wiped out kitchen table conversations. So that was it in, in your judgment? I think that's why he won Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin was a combination of deindustrialization and touching that cord. I'm an Ohioan. Uh, he hit Trumbull County, which had only voted twice mm -hmm. for Republican, for Hoover and for Nixon in this last hundred years, and it voted for Trump. It's a steel worker. Car building, blue collar county, went for Trump. So he touched something and, and made a revolution. He can continue that. And so this book is about, hey, Paul Ryan, to my side, Republicans, give him what he campaigned for, offense, Give him infrastructure spending. He's got to have money to spend. But I read today that infrastructure spending is being recommended by some as a way to reach out to another constituency. It is. And I think it's the inner city. I think it's Latinos and African-Americans and uh, distressed white communities that have been deindustrialized. And I think Steve Bannon thinks that way, by the way, about infrastructure. It's one of the few things on which I probably agree with Steve completely, is that this needs to happen in the right places. Targeted industrial policy. Paul Ryan doesn't believe in this. Kevin Brady doesn't believe in this. Mm. Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell doesn't believe in this. But he won the presidency, and they ought to give it to him. He, they have to give him the fence. But I also believe, and make the argument in this book, his Nixon to China moment, Donald Trump, could Which transform is, immigration policy. His Nixon to China moment is to transform immigration policy? To allow most mm. of the 11 to 12 million people who are here without legal permission to stay not to become citizens, oh, I see. Yeah, exactly. But, to, exactly. but no one could criticize him as soft on immigration, just like only Nixon could go and sit with Mao. Donald Trump can do whatever he wants on immigration, and no one will believe it's amnesty. So he's invulnerable, and he could extend his... And do you think he's considering that? I do. And uh, I, I think Sean Spicer telegraphed that in Monday's press conference when he said, we're going to, our priorities are not to go after the DACA kids. Our priorities are to go after people who have broken the law in the United States and who represent a threat. That's actually channeling the uh, blueprint for reform that Reince Priebus, the, the, the so-called autopsy that was done four years ago. A regularization is exactly what the Republicans called for. And I believe Donald Trump will embrace that because it, it makes sense. He knows the people who work in the trades we had in to see him, are largely Latino in places like California and Arizona. The drywallers are almost 100% Latino Americans. And so he understands getting reelected, and he understands building. I'm, I'm an optimist on that. Uh, and with respect to trade, you're at one with him? No, this is where we separate. <laughs> uh, the biggest, Imagine my surprise. Uh, yeah, the biggest division is, I don't even understand and, and, the border and Paul adjustment. Ryan and Paul Ryan wants to do a border adjustment thing. I'm a Reaganite. I think free trade grows economies. Richard Nixon's definition of real progress, the ongoing incremental expansion of liberty and literacy in a growing number of stable regimes in or allied to the West. That is based on free trades, on shipping. He didn't say democratic regimes, no, he said stable, stable regimes. regimes. And so, and Egypt under Mubarak was stable, then it was unstable, and Egypt under Sisi 
is stable, and we can have liberty and literacy yeah, but advance. but there's some threats to that. I mean, there there as are. As you know, I mean, I talked to a lot of Egyptians, and I interviewed Mubarak a lot, and interviewed Sisi as well, twice. You know, I mean, there's, oh. there's some real challenges. You know, the, the interesting thing will be there is a suggestion that President Trump sign an executive order adding the Muslim Brotherhood or directing the Secretary of State to add the Muslim Brotherhood to the list of terrorist organizations. If he does it, it will be quite controversial, but I think President Sisi would welcome that. And if you've read the Looming well, Terrorism, I'm sure. Just said that. Yeah, and, and Lawrence Wright yeah. uh, argues, gives me the reason why I believe it would be justified. But I don't expect a democracy in the Middle East to come out of Egypt, but I think Trump and Sisi will get along and Netanyahu will get along, and we will be better off in four years than we were under President Obama. Do you worry about Israel? I mean, just as a friend of Israel, do you worry about uh, all the settlements and the fact that it makes a two-state solution seem further and further away? I do. Michael Oren is a frequent right. guest on my show, and the ambassador now, deputy minister, is a very smart historian, and, and I think he represents the center-right in Israel, which would be the center-left in America on settlements, and I think he's, he's wise.